So you're you're now listening to what is going to be a weird episode of Overtired. Uh, we, this is Brett and Christina from the future saying hello, <laughs> saying when we started this, uh, you'll see things were things were different than they are now. So bear with us, get through the first half, and we promise it gets better. It totally gets better. Also, like. Let us know in the Discord or on Twitter or wherever, like how much uh, of a uh, how how angry did I sound in the first part? Because I don't know, but I have a feeling that I was I was pretty cranky. Tired, so tired, overtired. Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra. You're listening to Overtired. I'm here with Christina Warren, who is extremely tired. How are you, Christina? I'm so tired. <laughs> like, like, did you sleep at all? I mean, I got like, uh, like three hours of sleep maybe. Um, and then after we do this, I will be lucky if I get another three hours of sleep. Um, and then I have to go back in for another six, seven hours, seven hours, another like seven hours of live hosting for Microsoft Ignite. That seems unreasonable. Why, why, why do why are you asked to keep this schedule? Because it's Microsoft Ignite and I got the uh, short end of the stick um, schedule. It's actually like I think only one team who were paired up probably didn't get this sort of uh, kind of bad schedule combo. So the way that it works is that we have like three different groups of of hosting pairs who are um, hosting content in like seven hour blocks and um, – but there's like an overlap period uh, when you you pick up from the other other person and then you have to get in at a certain time for for call time for for hair and makeup and stuff like that. So um, there was one group that you know I think they had to be in at six a.m. and then they went live at eight yesterday and they went from eight until I guess like you know like a, like one um, or, or or two and then the, uh, the next group went from two until nine and then we went from nine until three um but the the group that went from um two until nine had to be back in at six and then we had to be back in at um my call time is at uh 12 30 uh and then um the next um or one o'clock rather and then and then the next group is um will be taking over from us at uh like 9 p.m but we'll do the switch off at like eight 30. So they're only the people who went, who went first and are also going last, uh, have like a long period of time between their ships and, and the rest of us, it's just, uh, it's just how it works. I, uh, historically, if anyone asked me to do anything close to that kind of schedule, I would, I would either put my foot down or I just quit, which is why I don't have a job anymore. (laughs) I mean, it's a big well, part and, of it. And, well, and in fairness, to be totally honest, I mean, this is the thing where I should, we should have recorded this yesterday. I should have found <laughs> a way to record this yesterday. And that way I would have been able to have un- uninterrupted sleep. The thing that's going to kill me is the fact that we, uh, I got like three hours of sleep. I had to do the uh, recording or our show, which I'm excited to do, but I'm very tired. And then going to try to get another period of, of sleep before I have to wake up again and go in. So, so there is such a thing as too tired. I guess so. That's I guess t- so. today's lesson. 
that is that is today's lesson. So yeah, and and the the thing is, is it's it's both tired from like lack of sleep, but also exhaustion because I've been like it's a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, it when you when you you know see like hosting and stuff like you think oh it's not a big deal you know just talking to a camera. Um, but there's like energy required oh, to have to keep that up and to have to keep up the momentum and whatnot. And so, yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm dragging ass and for that, I apologize, You know but what? the event is great. We're going to be okay. We're going to, we're going to make this a, a shorter than usual episode. Uh, we're, we're primarily doing this because we have a couple of fantastic sponsors that have paid us to do this show and you know, we're nothing if not good for our, our, our good to our word. So, uh, do do you want to, do you want to, uh, do a very tired read about multivitamins? Actually, yeah, but this, um, this is a very apt ad read and, (laughs) uh, to be totally honest, this is one of those, this is like a perfect instructive reason why it's good to take a multivitamin. I'm not even joking when you, once you, you know, like combat both tiredness and ex- sleepiness and exhaustion. There we go. There because we go. they're the, that sleepiness and exhaustion. All right. So this episode is brought to you by Ritual. And you might be surprised to learn that typical multivitamins, uh, they can contain sugars and synthetic fibers and artificial colorants. And not to mention all kinds of animal byproducts like sheep's wool and gelatin from hooves and hides, which... Eh. But Ritual is not your typical multivitamin. Uh, Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly formula is made with key nutrients in forms that your body can actually use, no shady extras. And all of Ritual's nutrients come in bioavailable forms so that your body can actually use them. And it's also non-GMO, gluten, and allergen-free, which is great. I really like Ritual, and I have to say I probably would be in even worse shape and would probably feel even more exhausted if I was not now taking a multivitamin. And what I like about Ritual is that my vitamins show up at my doorstep every single month. All I have to do is pop a couple in the morning, and then like I fill that nutrient gap in my diet, and God knows based on what I eat or don't eat, I have a nutrient gap. So it's super, super convenient. Ritual multivitamins are delivered to your door every single month. You get free shipping always. You can start, you can snooze, or you can cancel your subscription at any time. And if you don't like a ritual, if you don't love ritual within your first month, they will even refund your order. So you're literally are, are losing nothing. Um, they have all kinds of different formulas. I take the formula that is focused on women, but you can also, you know, get, um, get one that's, you know, uh, geared more towards your, your age or gender. And you deserve to know what's in your multivitamin. And that's why ritual is offering our listeners. And this is great. 10% off during your first three months. So visit ritual.com slash overtired to start your ritual today. Yay. Vitamins, vitamins and sleep. I mean, Honestly, uh, I, I not to reread the ad, but I do feel like I would be, be in like worse shape if I were not taking a multivitamin now. So, yay. Yay. Um, so I have been sleeping, but I'm back on that thing where I sleep like maybe an hour less a night than I should and I don't feel rested. So it like piles mm-hmm. up over time. 
And like okay. every day I feel a little bit more tired and it's not like, like I can function fine, but everything feels a little bit more overwhelming to me. Mm. I get more and more like scared to go outside. <laughs> uh, now, do you have no? So, okay. So like every day, like you're getting, you know, an hour less sleep than you should, but not an hour less than the night before. Right. But at the end of the week, can you just like sleep in all day on like a Saturday or a Sunday? Well, or that's the no? thing is I could sleep in every day. Like I, the, the earliest I actually have to get up is like seven, but I typically I wake up like five, five thirty, And that's so like last week I was depressed. I was at, I was at the end of like a two week long depression. And right. then right after we recorded, I had like a brief manic episode and it only lasts. I only, I only was sleepless, entirely sleepless for one night. I got like two hours of sleep and then the next day I was a zombie, but then I just started sleeping again. But that like seven hours a night. So I feel like I've never really fully recovered, but I will say I'm in a lot higher energy and better shape than you are right now. You are. This is like a, we're in rare form right now. I have to say we've been doing this show for, I don't even know how many years at this point. Who knows? It's unknowable. Seven years. It is unknowable. It's seven years, but, uh, you know, we've had periods of off times, but I I think this is one of the few times that I can recall more. I've felt like that you have more energy than me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, I got my, I got my UHK V2. Ooh, let's talk about that. Cause we were talking about keyboards last week and how I was going down that rabbit hole and Twitter made it worse. So, uh, and everybody on Twitter now wants me to build and solder and do my own keyboard, which I, I don't want to do. I don't think, but I don't know. Um, but I want to hear about the UHK too, because you are the UHK man and you've been waiting for this. So you, you not only got the keyboard early, but you also got all of the modules that everybody has been waiting for. Right. That is correct. But, all right. but the, uh, the keyboard showed up and the thing about the ultimate hacking keyboard is it's completely customizable. Everything from like tilt and angle and wrist rest to what keys do what things. And I have a very particular way I want mine set up. So the first thing I did was load up the the agent that writes to the, the firmware and start customizing, but nothing would write to the keyboard. And I contacted uh, the, the developer and... Turns out, after sending uh, error logs and whatnot, that they put the wrong bootloader on. And oh, no. So the options I have are to go out, buy a probe and a soldering kit, and, a t- and buy the, the correct, like, pin, uh, solder it all back together, and then use the probe to flash new... I don't like this is all like foreign language to me, but to flash new firmware to it uh, or a new Mm -hmm. bootloader or ship it back to Hungary, let them do it and wait for them to ship it back to me. I will say as of this morning, I chose the latter option and just scheduled my DHL pickup. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I think that because you and I are are both fairly technical people, uh, not electronics uh, for you. Right. I was going to say, but like where I draw the line, like I'm like very much like a software person. Right. 
Yeah. Um, and, but, but as soon as you say like, I need you to JTAG something, or I need you to solder something and I'm going to take that solder, uh, like I need to solder a point so I can flash the firmware. That's when I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to mess something up. Right. Um, like, I don't even know if you have a soldering gun. Uh, you probably I, do, but I who do knows? somewhere like I, like I used to, I used to modify like police scanners to pick up like taxi cab transmissions and stuff like that. Like just yeah. little hacks, you know, it's basically like ch- changing one connection and suddenly you open up new bandwidth and I can do it. I'm just, I, have, I haven't done it for 20 years. I have no confidence in it. And it, I, like, I'm, I'm good at welding, but when it gets down to that really fine stuff, I don't have feeling in my fingertips and I don't have steady yeah. hands and it just seems like I would, I would fuck it up. Yeah, I, I can, I can, uh, respect that. I mean, I think that a thing with this too, like even with me, this is one of the things that I've kind of looked at with like wanting to like build and have like a custom keyboard, which is a little bit different than what the, the, uh, UHK, uh, two is. Um, but this is like one of those things where I'm like, uh, you know, uh, why I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this or not. I feel like I could solder the points on the board to add in the switches because that wouldn't, that, that would be more time consuming than it would be, you know, having to be very specific and, you know, and whatnot, like it it would be like, there'd be an opportunity for me to mess something up. But a lot of that really would be kind of a paint by numbers thing. It would just be really time consuming. But for what you would need to do, if you need to be like, it's a very fine point sort of thing where I'm a well that was weird it's like uh it's like we were super tired and then my internet dropped out completely and we just said fuck it let's sleep and we'll put it out a day late right right and so what's what's happened since then and and it's kind of amazing that your internet died i'm not gonna lie i was a little annoyed because I was so tired and I was like, I woke up for this. I thought but, you'd be relieved. I mean, I was relieved, but then it took me like 30 minutes to get back to sleep. So <laughs> it, it was one of those things. But no, but I am also um, happy because I was totally not on my game at all for like the first segment of our show. But now I've had some sleep. I finished my second like eight hour hosting shift with Microsoft Ignite. I had some sleep and now like I feel energized. How are you feeling? I I feel the same, but that's still better than you were yesterday. So <laughs> for sure, for sure. You w- within like 30 seconds of when when I first called you before we started recording, you told me I was being too animated. I had said like five <laughs> words and you're like, calm down. I know I was so grumpy, but also tired. It was one of those things where like everything was loud. Yeah. And, I know the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I usually hide. I, I would, I would have canceled to doing, doing the podcast if it had been me. Well, I didn't, I, I didn't like, I didn't feel like I could. Yeah. And I was just like, I've committed and yeah. You're so. a trooper. I also wouldn't have been able to get through like an eight hour live hosting thing. I just, I don't have it in me to put myself through that kind of thing. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's not for everyone for sure. So, so you know what I did last night? What was that? I slept on a very nice mattress. Oh, 
Tell me about it. I should. I feel like I feel like I'm getting paid to to mention this now. Um, I should I should bring up the read. Okay, so as you are fully aware, we are often very tired. Uh, my brain sure. doesn't always let me sleep, and Christina has a, a sometimes very crazy work schedule. But when my brain cooperates, my body loves my Helix mattress. I uh, I went to their website and I took their two minute quiz, and they match my body type and my sleep preferences to what they call the midnight mattress. I love that it's not uh, one size fits all kind of company. And uh, and after a few months of sleeping on this midnight mattress, I can say they got it absolutely right. So if you had to helix helixsleep.com slash overtired, you can take the quiz yourself and find out what mattress you should be sleeping on. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep hot, and even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size folks. Oh, and they were awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. So if you want to sleep better and be less overtired, take the quiz, order the mattress you're matched to, and it will come right to your door shipped for free. And if you use our link, Helix is offering overtired listeners up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Just go to helixsleep.com slash overtired. There's a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. So if you're ready to sleep better, that's helix.com slash overtired. You won't regret it. And we got through two ad reads on a, we're going to call this an off week. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely not like a super normal week, but we did get through um, two ad reads. And I feel like we, we really gave it our all. Yes, 100%. If, if I mean, we gave all we had to give. If I were a sponsor, I'd be like, you know what? They really they really put in the effort. This was worth it. Yeah, I would agree with that. Did you know that uh, – so back in the 70s, they predicted uh, that the, within 10 years, world population was going to become too large to sustain and like it was going to be the end of the world. And now they expected a baby boom during COVID. We didn't get it. People are too concerned about both health and finances. So there's like, oh, we're on the verge of the opposite crisis now. Uh, Young people aren't having enough babies to support the massive number of old people that are getting to retirement age now. How many kids did you have? None. Yeah, me either. I got a vasectomy. I feel like I really screwed over the the boomers. Yeah. No. I. I mean, I. I've been very clear with everyone in my life that I'm not going to be a parent. So I was like, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, I. I always said, and this was like true. I was like, if my sister needed a surrogate. I would have done that. Right. But that would have been, and, and I meant it when I told her I would do that because we thought that she would never, we didn't think that she would be able to, to carry. Um, that has obviously not been the case and she is going to have a baby in May, but that was always what we assumed. And 
as I've gotten older and she's gotten older, I kind of even assumed I was like, all right, well, I guess I got out of this whole surrogate thing. But like, that was my whole thing. I was like, if I had to be someone's surrogate, like my sister or like a very like good, like same sex couple, like good friends or whatever, who really couldn't find anyone else fine. But that was always like as much as I was willing to do. I, uh, I was on my way to the uh, to Lark Toys to buy Easter like just little basket stuffers for my nine uh, nieces and nephews. Between Elle and I, we buy for everybody. So mm-hmm. between the two of us, we I think let me see five three eight to buy for eight kids, which seemed like a lot. And on our way to the store, I get a text message, a group text from my sister saying she's pregnant again and she's having another baby. And I got to say, I felt like it like it, it was a, a slight against me. Like I felt like they were just trying to make my life harder. I, I, I immediately made it about me. I mean, I think that this is actually probably why you got the vasectomy. <laughs> it really is because I'm a selfish asshole. Uh, but you're aware of that, right? So oh, that's totally. a good thing. I own so, that. Right. So there you go. Yeah. I I always said I would adopt, you know, like cur- try to curb the population. I didn't realize that we were going to run short of people. Yeah. Well, so I don't expect to live. I don't expect the world's actually going to be in any kind of uh, non-dystopian state by the time I retire. So not really concerned about having enough young people to drain the blood from. Yeah. I mean, I totally would like, I I think Peter Thiel is a monster, but if the whole like, you know, blood transfusion thing really did like revive like youth, I would be down with that. But that would basically be like the only reason I would be upset. Like if we had like, I mean, obviously we don't want the world to end because we don't have enough people, but I also feel like, a lot of this could be curbed simply by China lifting its one child policy. Well, so the which they've other- done, you know, so they, they've had a soft limit on that, but it's still not something that's like overly encouraged or that happens very frequently. It's not that the world is short of human beings. Like there are just, there are way too many people. It's just that we structured our economy uh, such that, having a, a an influx of working age people to support retired people is uh is vital and i feel like if if things were a little more uh like socialist and it and it weren't <laughs> if everyone wasn't scraping by right now it wouldn't be a huge problem i'm not an economist and I, I don't I don't understand all the math behind it, but it seems to me like there are actually enough people in the world. We're just really bad with money. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the biggest thing. And it's also it's one of those things that it's I mean, on the one hand, I, I do agree with you that in general, we should probably go more socialist, although I'm going to be a bad leftist and say that I don't actually believe in total socialism. Um, I, I, I think that that is very problematic as well. There's, there's a balance and there are some Scandinavian countries and some European countries that do it well, but I actually am not a full blown, like socialist in like the, the Marxist sense or whatever. But, uh, there was a time, you know, before 401ks and, and everybody kind of was like, do it on your own where you worked a job and you got a pension. And that was a thing. And there are still some careers 
that have that, right? But it's very rare. And I feel like there's a balance that could be done to put the burden on. Because the thing is, it's also not like we're running out of money. Like we have corporations and we have certain like very, 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 very wealthy individuals who have an outsized, you know, proportion of that wealth. Hugely outsized. And so it's one of those things where I'm kind of like, okay, you know, like the the right, like, like the, like the, the complete, like free market. I don't even want to say capitalist because I don't even believe it's truly a capitalist argument to be honest, but like the total like free market argument about, you know, 401k is, Oh, you know, you can choose what you can do with your money and this and this and this. And it's like, yeah, but I would much rather have a guaranteed, you know, um, retirement. If I work at a place for a long period of time or something going into, you know, a, a fund, um, then the fact that, I mean, like you and I have paid into social security, which we will never see a dime of ever, which is so frustrating. I I heard, I heard that the big, the, like, that was kind of like, uh, definitive, like 10 years ago, they were like, yeah, then this generation, generation X, uh, isn't there. We're going to run dry, but that seems to have, uh, uh, become more of a point of debate, uh, in the last five years. I, I've heard, heard actually you're going to be fine. I don't don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, generation X, some, some, some generation X people might, and, and generation X, we also should note, like is actually a very small generation in terms of the number of people. And, and it's, uh, even it's period of time, which is up for debate. There are obviously (laughs) a lot of millennials, which I'm part of. And then there are tons of the zoomers. I feel pretty confident that, you know, I've got another 30 years minimum of working and that I'm not going to see a single cent of anything that I paid into, like not a single cent, like no question. Yeah. I, I don't foresee myself ever retiring. I can't, I I have too much debt to live on social security. I have like zero, I split my 401k, uh, like, like quit my job so my 401k stopped being contributed to, then I got divorced and I split it with a DD and then I went broke and I was paying like $1,200 a month in health insurance and started, uh, tapping into my 401k early and I got nothing. Like I, I have no, uh, unless things really turn around and I get like a really high paying job in the next few years, I'll probably work into my eighties. It's if I, if I live that long. Yeah. My family does not have a history of living past 70s. Yeah, this is fun. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, all right, I'm not, I'm depressed now. Yeah. Um, we're working, we're going to work forever. You're more awake, um, but depressed. Basically. Uh, the other news that I, I, that caught my eye since we had, you know, 24 hours to really think about what we we're going to talk about. Mm hmm. I can only read the first four paragraphs of this article because I don't pay for the Wall Street Journal and never will. Um, but it says that Google plans to stop selling ads based on individual browsing uh, across multiple websites. Right. So do you know anything about this? Because that is that's like that's a huge part of the ad revenue for a huge portion of Internet advertising. Yeah. So I looked into this and it is, it seems to be, there seems to be a lot of debate over whether 
like, like what this actually means, like, like what definitive like purpose this is going to have. So, so Google came out and basically said like it, it, um, it like clarified its plans basically around targeted advertising, basically saying that it's not going to use other ways to track users, um, around the internet once it in support for, uh, for, uh, third-party cookies in Chrome by early 2022. Um, and, and then it like in, they had a blog post and it says something like, I'm, I'm paraphrasing from CNBC here because this came out after the, the wall street journal, um, uh, article came up, which raised more questions, uh, they basically says, um, they will use privacy preserving technologies that rely on methods like anonymization or aggregation of data. And that they, they did announce in January that they were going to end support for third party cookies and, um, in, in its, in its digital advertising system and within the Chrome browser within two years. So on the one hand, like this is good because third party cookies have kind of been, um, a scourge on, on the, the, the world. On the other hand, I have questions about how much de-anonymization and, and other stuff, some of these like ways that they claim are going to be privacy focused are actually going to work. De- uh, you, an- anonymization. De-anonymization yeah, sorry, would so, be horrifying. No, exactly. No, no, no. That, well, that, that's, I guess my point, I guess my, my, my I, I said it wrong. So like, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm not really sure how well these anonymization and aggregation things will work. If that makes any sense. I, I, I wonder if those will still be able to be de-anonymized to the point that they can still be tied back to an individual. Sure. Yeah. Well, and I guess like I see that the the ad industry, if you look at uh, like targeted ads uh, that that come through Facebook and Instagram, they're very much focused on uh, purchase history and sentiment. And I think mm-hmm. sentiment tracking is uh, it's invasive to privacy. And I'm a little more worried about sentiment tracking as far as uh, it just feels so uh, invasive to me, uh, that I'm more worried about that than I am about them knowing that I visited certain websites. Right. I mean, I think that the, my concern has always been, and I think the broader concern has always been like, it's one thing for data for, it's one thing for, for Facebook or Google or, you know, Apple or Microsoft or, or whoever to know about your, your habits, like, that they've tracked across their properties. It's another thing when they sell that data to other people that can then be aggregated and used as a profile for you. Like that I think is honestly the bigger concern. And that's always been the bigger concern for me is the fact that, and that's been the way that it's worked with these third party cookies is that you've been able to build a really robust profile from those cookies that have been on basically every website. And that the Google, you know, was really kind of a leader and they didn't create it, but they certainly exploited it um, as part of their, their ad networks to basically be able to create a remarkably robust profile that could then be sold to various ad exchanges to target you however you want it. And so I feel like getting rid of that, I think is a definitely a good thing. And I, I'm, I'm glad that Google is doing that. Um, but I still feel like, as you said, a there, there's, there's sentiment, there's targeted, there's other stuff. And I'm not real clear. And in the way that the wall street journal report was written, I'm not real clear that, like Google has said, oh, we're not going to be using any other methods, you know, to kind of get around getting rid of, of, of third party cookies. 
but I'm still not real clear on like, okay, but your first party approach, how much data and information do you know from that? And you're saying that you're going to aggregate it, but do you still really know this stuff? And is this still tracked somewhere? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of skeptical because, the, because they're Wait, talking about, you don't trust Google. Hell no. No, you know, I mean, because they're calling this thing their privacy sandbox. Uh, I'm, I'm now reading directly from the Wall Street Journal. Instead, Google says it will use new technologies. It is um, it is developing with others. That's always problematic, too, developing with others. <laughs> in what it calls a privacy sandbox to target ads without collecting information about individuals from multiple websites. One such technology analyzes users' browsing habits on their devices and allows advertisers to target aggregated groups of users with similar interests or cohorts rather than individual users. Google said in January that it plans to begin open testing of ad buying using that technology in the second quarter. So the total like cynic in me is saying that a, what they just described is kind of that sentiment. Um, I guess like tracking sort of like targeted advertising that you said that you were worried by. So it's not as if you're not still going to be getting advertising targeted to you. It's just that ideally this profile of who you are and all the, the things and all the millions of data points that are available about you don't get sold on mass because they're tied to, a third-party cookie on your machine, right. but it's not as if you, and based on the things that you do online, aren't still going to be getting targeted advertising. They're just claiming, oh, but we won't know who you are. Well, yeah, so I mean, you'll be you'll be sold as part of a group, which is more right. more anonymous than being directly targeted by advertising. So that that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I had mentioned. Uh, I think it was on this show that I I was going to stop sending tracking pixels with email newsletters. Yes. But then I heard from a bunch of people doing everything from like full on email marketing to sending out church newsletters who said that they actually the data they got just from knowing open rates was useful enough. And it was not like it. They, nobody seemed to think it was actually a privacy invasion. So now I'm torn. I think I will send them because it is handy to know yeah. open rates. No, I mean, that's kind of my feeling on a newsletter. I also feel like if I'm being honest, like I'm creeped out by what Superhuman and some of the other pixel tracking things do where you can be like, oh, this person opened your email X times yeah, or yeah, this yeah. person. And we talked about that. Like yeah. that bothers me. And I have friends who will write as a gotcha in their stories you know, using a service, I, I found out that this person read the email I sent them multiple times, but didn't respond. And I'm like, okay, first of all, kind of fuck off, right? Like, <laughs> that's not cool. If someone did that to you, some of these same people would be writing about how, what an invasion it was. Like some genuinely, some of these same people would be writing those things. So part of me, I'm kind of like, okay, fuck off with that. But on the other hand, I also feel like with a newsletter, especially if I've subscribed to it, uh, it might be a little bit different if it's a marketing newsletter that I did not opt into that just kind of came to me because I bought something from somewhere. But if I make the decision to subscribe to a newsletter, I implicitly feel like I am giving my permission for there to be a way for people to track openly, uh, like, like open rates and also like what links I click. Yeah. Maybe I'm overly estimating the rec the rest of the, the public on that. I'd love to hear from our listeners, like what they think, but, um, I'm not, I don't like being, you know, tracked and targeted. And I certainly would not mind if there was a pop-up in mail clients that basically let you know that those pixels are there. Like I, yeah. I wouldn't be mad at that. Right. Even, even if it comes across as like shaming, like that's fine with me. I feel like you could include even 
like a, an addendum or, or a small print, like in the newsletter to be like, yes, I use a tracking pixel. It's for this reason. Um, and, and people could do with it what they wanted, but like, I'm not personally bothered by a newsletter that I choose to subscribe to choosing to track whether I've opened something or not. And, um, you know, what links I've clicked. And in fact, I just kind of assume that they're going to do that because, why else would they want me to sign up for an email newsletter? Yeah. Well, so like I talked about how MailMate has uh, built-in blocking and a yeah. uh, big red bar that shows up. And I've realized maybe that bar needs to be less red. Uh, like when I open an email and the top like half inch of it is a bright red bar that ma it makes me feel this sense of like, oh no, they've done something awful and they've been caught. But Maybe that bar should just be a little dot in the corner that says we we blocked a pixel or notifies you that there is a pixel in the. I feel like it's a bit severe now that I've gone through this whole conversation. I just feel like it's a bit severe. Yeah. 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 I'm with that. I mean, I like I said, I do think services like Superhuman are super gross, but um, I I don't know. I feel like if you subscribe to if you make the decision to subscribe to like an email newsletter, I'm personally okay with people tracking whether or not I open it or not. Because as you said, like it's not, it, it is useful information. And I don't know, I kind of feel like the same way with people who are like, oh, I don't need, I don't want any analytics on my website. It's like, I mean, okay, I, I guess, but that, that also strikes me as, you know, simplistic and I don't know. Yeah. Um, also I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm personally like a curious motherfucker. Like I'm, I'm nosy and I want to know these things. But again, like, I think there's a difference too. It's like, I don't know who this individual was, right? right? You, don't, you don't have their, you don't know who the individual was and you're not trying to collect and sell that data. You're using it for your own, own right. purposes internally. And I do think there's a difference there. It's just I when people use Google analytics, there's, you know, the concern that it's not just being used internally. They're just adding to Google's data set. Right. Which, which is, now apparently, which is not an un, you know fair thing, but now apparently, you know, if Google is not going to be selling that information, maybe it becomes easier to understand. I'm not sure. You know, the, the thing is, is a lot of times, even when you have, when you block third party tracking, Google analytics doesn't get blocked because it's considered a first party cookie. Really? Yeah. Huh. Does ghostry block Google analytics? Yeah, it does. Uh, if you if you directly enable in some of those scripts like Ghostry and, and, and uBlock Origin, if you have certain privacy settings on, you know, from certain privacy lists, and there are certain other ones that will. But in terms of like what the browsers do by default, they don't block it, not even yeah. Mozilla. Like they, yeah. they don't block Google Analytics. And in fact, Firefox, I'm sorry, like I know that we love Mozilla here, but they're big fucking hypocrites because A, they sell a VPN service that they get money from that's not even like a, a real good one from what I understand. There's there's like some weird stuff with it, or maybe I'm wrong. Actually, I take that back. I think that the one they're with is fine, but they sell a VPN service. So that in and of itself is sketch. They own Pocket, which, you know, they, they're, and now they're selling, you know, sponsored, um, you know, tabs on, on the homepage, but they also have fucking Google analytics on their website and on their blogs and stuff. So, you know, they talk about, oh, we, we don't want to have any sort of tracking of this and that. And then they track stuff on their own website. And I'm like, right, because it, it can be useful, right? Like to me, don't take like a completely like anti any tracking line. If you're going to be tracking shit yourself, like at least be open and honest and be like, 
it's nuanced and it's complicated and we don't want to sell this information or have it tied to a specific person, well, but so we are also nosy motherfuckers. As you know, with Google Analytics, you can turn on and off demographic tracking, yep. which greatly, if you turn off demographic tracking, it greatly reduces the amount of personal information that you're gathering. Yep. I feel like in a case like Mozilla, they could say we use Google Analytics to track uh, very anonymized details about traffic, but we're not collecting all of this other data that Google makes available. Um, and, and like, I mean, we've talked about alternatives to Google analytics, which I do feel like Mozilla would, uh, be wise to take advantage of, but anyway. I mean, if nothing else from an optics perspective, yeah, exactly. like to, 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 to me, it's not even like, cause I don't, I don't care. Like Mozilla can do whatever the hell Mozilla wants to do. I mean, also Mozilla, let's be very, like, let's be very clear is only in business as I, both a nonprofit and like as a for-profit entity because of Google. So like literally all of their money comes from Google and they laid off a bunch of people because Google cut how much they give Firefox every year. And, you know, cause they give them like $200 million a year. Um, so you know, there, there's why does Google give Firefox money? Because Google is the default search engine in Firefox. Oh, yeah. Okay. And when and when Yahoo was trying to still be a thing, Yahoo paid them more. Then Yahoo was bought by Oath, and or Yahoo, yeah, Yahoo was then became Oath or whatever, and had to like they basically ended their um, agreement with Firefox early. I think there was some sort of settlement where Firefox probably got paid out what they'd been promised, even though the agreement didn't continue. And, um, then they re-signed with Google and then Google, because Google is in a much greater position of power has like cut how much they are going to give Firefox, but they still give them like $200 billion a year. So yeah. Do you want to hear a super funny joke that Elle made up this morning? I do. Do you know what Pangea is the supercontinent? Yeah. Like prior to uh, the, like the the earth that as we know it today, like all the continents were joined together yeah, called Pangea. It was all in Africa and then it split up, right? And I mentioned this randomly in con- conversation over coffee this morning and her immediate response without batting an eye, she said, uh, I want to start a band called Pangea just so we can have a really good breakup story. That's my girlfriend. That's that's, that's the kind of awesome. that's the kind of wit you can expect from her early in the morning. I'm talking like 6 a.m. She yeah. Anyway, that's awesome. Oh, that's actually that's very clever. That's really good. And like that's very dry. I like that a lot. She uh, she works in direct care. It's called she she works with developmentally challenged people and she has a, a specific house that she works at and um as part of kind of covid relief they they take long drives and they go visit uh community members and they do like driveway waves and and distance greetings and uh they listen to music while they travel around and she asked me i think it was 2 days ago uh to remind her which uh which taylor swift album Christina had recommended she listen to because she was going to make that the driving around music. So I'll have to check back in with her and see if she listened to folklore or not. But okay, she she she's trying. She really is. I appreciate that. Thank you, Elle. <laughs> well, okay. So we did two halves. One half I would say was was superior to another half. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm not uh, going to say which which one I think was better because that no, would be I think, I think the latter half was better. Uh, definitely, I think I think half number two. Uh, you you had you want to talk about bunch. I, I, I'll just keep shifting it. For, it's become like a total obsession for me. Uh, part of it is because I'm waiting on Fletcher for so much stuff with NV Ultra that all of my development energy has to go somewhere. And I'm getting very close to making Bunch a commercial app. Uh, so if we ever run out of things to talk about, I can always talk about what I've just added to Bunch that day. Uh, but we don't have to get into it right now. I am curious, and we don't have to super get into it right now, but I mean, you've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. Like you've been thinking about making this like commercial. Yeah. What does that change? Like, does that change from your development approach? Like, I'm assuming that you would have to kind of refine the UI more, but there have to be some onboarding. Does that change like permissions that you need for stuff? Like, so, yeah. So I, I did as part of the current beta, I, I added a fancy preference panel and a whole bunch of onboarding, uh, smoothness and, uh, rewrote a ton of the documentation. Uh, but as far as permissions go, the stuff that it does and the way that it works kind of makes sandboxing impossible. Uh, so it will join the ranks of things like Better Touch Tool and Hazel that really have no chance of existing in the Mac App Store. I don't think Hazel's in the Mac App Store. No, it's not. Um, but it, it'll be in that kind of automation niche mm -hmm. there's a long conversation not long but there was a conversation on the discord channel about whether it's niche or niche and i think it's niche uh it, most people agreed with niche apparently in webster's dictionary the primary pronunciation has a ch in it um we were also talking about oh we went through a lot of words uh disagreement like words that confuse people but niche was my question because I, I like every time I say it, I feel like I'm getting it wrong. But anyways, in that automation niche um, of apps that that can't be Mac App Store apps, but still, uh, I hope I can gain some some fraction of the popularity of something like Hazel. Yeah, no, I, I hope so, too. I like that. Um, actually, it's funny. One of the cool I mean, this is this is for, for Windows users, which I realize is not uh, even like this is the, definitely the minority of our audience, but um, this was actually a cool thing that was announced at uh, Ignite this week is that um, Power Automate Desktop, which came out in October, but would cost money to do kind of anything with, which is a, an app that basically it's a, it's a desktop app that runs, you know, on Windows that lets you build in, you know, a lot of kind of automation tools to either create reports or, or do macros to do stuff, you know, even if it's like Photoshop actions or, um, you know, sending emails or, or grabbing stuff from websites or, or whatever. Um, it's, a it, it's a pretty cool app. It's actually now free, um, on windows 10 for anybody. If you want to do some of the more advanced stuff like scheduling and running stuff kind of like headless or whatever, then it costs some money, but the, you know, the basic kind of, you know, version or whatever, um, is now going to be available to everybody for free, which is kind of cool. So if you've been a, a windows person and you have wanted to be able to do stuff like what Hazel does, uh, check that out. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. I'll, I will tell you the, the last feature that I completed that's ready for publication in bunch is, uh, a log tail. Like, so here's how it started. I needed, as part of this smoother onboarding process, I needed a bunch to be able to pop up 
uh, an HTML uh, view of, of here's what just happened. Uh, here's how you edit the file. Click here to open preferences, et cetera. Um, and so I, I built that. And then I was like, wouldn't it be cool if this could uh, also just view text files? And then that became, wouldn't it be cool if this could tail log files? And then it was, wouldn't this be cool if it could translate ANSI escape colors into NS attributed strings for display. And then wouldn't it be cool if you could position, if you could tell it exact coordinates and size in which display to put the window on and then define whether it was like wallpaper level or desktop level or a normal window or a floating window. And I added all of that. So now there's like a, a, a text command. You can write display system log, give it uh, some parameters for foreground and background colors and, and, make it a desktop window and you can like pop up a visor to tail your system log when you open a bunch and then it closes with a bunch. That's the kind of quality you can expect from bunch commercial. Very nice. <laughs> but that's also like a ridiculously nerdy and like amount of, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of love it though. Yeah. I have a very, I, I have a very specific target audience in mind for this app. I gave up on trying to make it something the general public could use because I mean, come on, it's, you're creating automation with text files, which is basically scripting. And that's a limited audience right there. I was going to say it's for, it's for people who want to script, but don't want to write Python themselves. Well, it, for, like there's a lot of things that you just can't easily do with a shell script that requires yes. some kind of uh, objective C Swift interface to the, yes. to the operating system. So this basically creates almost a scripting language that makes it more direct interaction like that possible. But anyway. Yeah. No, I mean, this is, this is basically, this would be kind of like a, a, a DSL, like a domain specific language, honestly. Yeah. 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 So anyway, uh, I, I, we both have places to get to and, and, and people to be. So thanks for, uh, thanks for getting some sleep, Christina. Well, thank you for, I guess your internet going out. Although uh, quick question. How long was it before it came back up? Cause that had to be annoying when it just went out. It, it took, I, I rebooted, nothing came up. And then I think it was about 45 minutes. I waited. Uh, I was just about to call the service service provider and, uh, and deal with getting someone out. And then it came back up. So I would say a total of about just less than an hour. Okay. All right. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better. That still sucks, but I'm, I'm glad that it wasn't like an all day thing. So, uh, sorry that your internet went out. I am sort of happy it went out because now we were able to have like, a. we're still kind of an on off week, but we were able to have like a much more normal second half of the show. I feel so. like, we, yeah, we, we, we basically rescued the show. Basically. Yeah. That, that should probably be the episode title. The show was saved. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll cut in the part where you, <laughs> where you yelled at me. It'll be fun. <laughs> I'm sorry for yelling at you. I was very tired, but I'm very sorry for yelling at you. Right. Although I didn't yell at you. I was just like, you're so loud. You said, calm down. I need you to calm down. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'm glad I'm glad you're better rested. I hope you get even more sleep, Christina. Thank you, Brad. Hope you get some great sleep, too. The system is going down low.